We can rise to the occasion. We can build this nation moving forward. All that we need, visionary leadership, people who love their people, people who love the citizens, people who love the country, and then we can rise. We can fly again. Hope Restoration Ministries, restoring hope to our world. Welcome to our broadcast. Enjoy. Are you good this morning? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Just shout with me, the Lord is good. All the time. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. So we continue on our yearly theme. If you are coming here for the first time, this is the year where we are saying kingdom come. We want to see the rule of God, the authority of God, the power of God coming here on earth. And we want to experience heaven on earth like Pastor Matebula has said. But this month we have a theme and the theme for this month is kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. Can you bow your heads as I pray as they are ushering some people in just to sit them down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, my Father, that you are opening our eyes so that we may see the wonderful things found from your word, O oh God. We thank you that, my Father, you're going to speak to each and every one of us, and we're going to hear you and do as you command us to do, my Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to reveal some of the mysteries that I may not even be able to share with your people as I continue to share your word. Thank you, my Father, that all of us are going to be equipped. All of us are going to be empowered for the work that you have prepared for us before the beginning of the world. In the name of Jesus and the church said, Amen and Amen. So we are on kingdom culture. Let me take this time once more to welcome those who are joining us virtually. Make sure you concentrate on the word. Don't multitask whilst you are listening on the word of God so that you do not miss a thing. So we said last week through Mfundisima Tebula that culture is the system of beliefs, disciplines, practices, and relational boundaries that reveal how life is lived among a particular group of people. And can I just add this one to say, you know, in a simple way, culture is a way of life and a set of attitudes accepted as normal to which individuals are expected to conform. Like any other domain, all of you can agree with me that even in God's kingdom, we have our own culture. We have our way of doing things. When you see us, you see us, you know, giving, you understand Ubasinjalo. When you see us leading holy lives, you understand Ubasinjalo. When you see us praying, praying perpetually, you understand that this is our culture. When you see us gathering with other saints, you understand that fellowship is part of our culture. When you see us loving one another, 
another and even loving our enemies, you understand that this is the culture of the kingdom. When you see us serving in the house and without the house, serving the people of God, serving our community, you know that this is our culture. And when you see us raising our hands, worshiping our heavenly father, our divine God, you understand that this is our culture. And can I challenge all of us to say, you know, may the Lord help us that this year we embrace our culture, not the culture of the world. The Bible declares we've been rescued from that wicked and sinful culture into the new culture where Jesus reigns and he is king so that we may begin to bring in the culture that brings glory to God. So may we be renewed even this morning. May our minds be renewed. May we not conform to the standards, to the patterns of this world, but may we be renewed in our minds even as we hear the word of the Lord. You see, within a kingdom, there is a king, and the king reigns over that kingdom. And I believe that king is the one who influences the culture for the kingdom. He influences, and not only does he influence the culture within the kingdom, but he reinforces those beautiful values. That is why the Lord Jesus, he would say to his disciples, love one another, serve each other, so that when people look at you, they may understand that you are my disciples and you belong to this kingdom that has this beautiful culture. Because he was reinforcing those values. He was making sure that he influences them in the culture that he died for. And when you read in the book of Judges, you'd be so heartbroken because you find the narrative that is so disturbing. Four times in different chapters, you would find the Bible saying, because Israel had no king, everyone did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So it was a culture, it was a humanistic culture where they are saying you are your own God. Do you, whatever you feel like doing, do it. Not in this kingdom of God. In this kingdom of God, we have a king, King Jesus, and we only do his will and we keep his commands. You see, when you, 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 you consider what Israel has forgotten, you can be sad to understand that after God has delivered them from the land of slavery, Egypt, after he had provided for them supernaturally in the wilderness, he has preserved their lives. Not only that, after winning so many battles through Christ, through the Lord, and, you know, after he has given them the land to possess, this is what they come to. They begin to be their own God. You know, one would expect them to serve God. One would expect them to obey God. One would expect them to say, God, we shall serve you for the rest of our lives. But the Bible says they were self-serving. They were humanistic. They embraced that culture of sinfulness. That is why this morning I want to speak to you on this subject, culture of obedience. We need to understand that we have a father, we have a God, we have a king, and we have a Lord who wants us to obey him in all that we are doing. And that obedience has to be persevering. It has to be persistent. 
It has to be determined because the enemy would try to undermine the will of the Lord in our lives. He would try to stop us. He would try to, 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 to just put obstacles on our way of obedience so that we do not obey God. That is why you need to say, I am going to obey God, come what may. Because kingdom citizens, Babonagala, by walking in obedience to the Lord. You know, it's one thing to say, obey your parents, obey those who are in authority, obey those in leadership, but you can only obey all these other people if you fear God. Because whatever you do, you do it as unto him. You obey them because you obey his word, because that's what his word says. Children, obey your parents. Wives, submit to your husbands. And, 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 and citizens, obey those in authority. God expects us to do that. But I want us to quickly read from the book of Genesis chapter 6, from verse 5 to 8, and then we go to verse 12 to 22. And it reads as follows, speaking about Noah. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Doesn't this mirror uh, our time? So please walk with me, isn't it? All right, okay. So, verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And my question is, when the Lord looks at you, the things that you are doing, is he grieved or does he celebrate? Is he sorry or he's grateful that he has created you? And verse 7 says, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and the beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the prayer of my heart this morning, that may we find grace in the eyes of the Lord because of our obedience to him. And verse 12 says, So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all the earth has corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch or tar. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. And I think the Lord was specific so that Noah understands what he ought to do. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with, with lower second and third decks. This was a big task that was given to Noah. And behold, this is God saying, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth. Can I just pause here just to let you know that Noah did not understand what flood waters is because no rain ever poured down since creation. 
But the Lord said, Splat waters are coming on earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wife, wives with you. And right now, can I just pause and say, whatever is happening in our nation, all the ills, all the wicked things, all the evil things, may they never come near our doorpost. I declare in the name of Jesus that the covering of the Lord is upon us, even as they predict the fifth wave of this COVID-19 we declare it shall not touch us, it shall not harm us, it shall not kill us, it shall not kill our loved ones. Our parents are protected because of the covenant that the Lord has cut with us. We are his children because of the blood that flowed from Calvary. We are well able to stand and say these things. A thousand shall fall by our side, ten thousand by the other side, but it shall not come near us. With our eyes we shall see the recompense of the wicked. I believe this is what the Lord is saying to you. Believe that. Continue to proclaim that. Even as you pray over your household, even as you pray for your parents, whether they are saved or not, let's continue to say, for my sake, oh God, they are protected. For my sake, oh God, they are kept. For my sake, oh God, they are preserved. For you understand the covenant that you have cut with your God. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 21. Verse 19, and every living thing of all the flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Verse 20, and you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them. There was the family, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Lion in there. That means he had to have lots and lots of meat. So the food was plentiful. He had to make sure that he brings a lot of food, which cost him a lot of money. But what I liked, this is what the Bible says in verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all, not some of the things, but all that God commanded him. So he did. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And I believe this is what the Lord would want us to do. In this culture that is anti-God, the culture that is saying we are just going to do anything just to spite this God because they feel they do not believe in him. But as the church, we need to stand and do all that the Lord has commanded us to do through his grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe most of us, we are going to do that. We are going to stand and do, you know, what the world says cannot be done. Because the, can, the culture, the kingdom culture is counterculture. Hallelujah. The, the kingdom, you know, the world says, the culture of the world says, when they hit you, hit them back. But not with the kingdom culture. The culture of the world says, when they hate you, hate them back. But not with this. You see, it's counterculture. It means it's a way of life that is opposed to prevailing social norms. 
And this is what we see with Noah. In that wicked generation that he was living in, the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because Noah was a just man and Noah was perfect in his generation. And I believe all of us, we shall be able to, to, to go against the tide, you know, and do the will of the Lord. Noah is the epitome of the counterculture during evil days, as he lived through evil days persistently, obedient to God until the end. And maybe this morning you are asking, how do we faithfully and persistently obey God in a sinful culture like Noah did? The wicked, wicked culture that we are living in. The Bible declares we need to be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. How do we make sure that we are gentle even in this wicked culture? How do we make sure we keep doing the will of the Lord? The first thing that we need to do is to have faith in God. And I know when I say have faith in God, to those of us, you know, who are deep, I'm not sure whether you are drowning because you are deep, you feel Really, can we just come up with something so shallow, have faith in God? The truth is, a number of us, we're struggling with it. Yes, we know, head knowledge says, have faith in God. But how many of us believe God? How many of us are, are convinced that this God is well able to keep whatever he said he would do? He's able to watch over his word to perform it. How many of us are like Sarah who can say, I know this God, he's going to be faithful to keep his promises. Because a number of us, we believe God, we, we have faith in God, but our faith is not as God would want it to be. If we had faith in God, would we be struggling with promiscuity? Because you believe that God knows, you know, your flesh needs, he needs someone. Then you believe that God will provide. But if you don't believe that he's going to provide, you, you make, you, you just get someone for yourself who's going to fulfill that need that you have, that sexual need that you have. If we believe and you trust that God, I'm telling you, we'll be standing here like, like David said to the people to say, stop bringing offerings. We can't take your tithes and offerings anymore, huh? In the house of the Lord. But today we are where we are because people that don't believe that if they give him 10%, then he'll take care of their needs. They are asking themselves, will he? Is he able to? No, it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do that. If we believed God, wouldn't be comfortable in those chronic illnesses that we have. You wouldn't be comfortable with you know, high blood pressure, because you believe the word of God. And when God says he sent his word to heal your diseases, you say, Father, until I see that made manifest in my life, I'm not going to relax. I'm not going to be content. You take God at his word. So simply put, when I say have faith in God, I'm saying live as if what God has said in his word is true. Because it is. And I'm well able to declare 
and call the things that are not as though they are. For I understand the work of Calvary. We can never be content and just continue to live how we want to because of the work of Calvary. We need to consider and say, Father, I trust you. I trust you to do more in my life. I need more, I need more, and until I see more, I cannot stop. And this more, it's not because you are self selfish. You are saying, if I am strong, then I'll be able to do more for your people, oh God. Then I'll be able to serve my nation, my people more and more. So the truth is we need to have faith in God. This is the time wherein we need to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And this is what we see happening with Noah. It had never rained prior to the flood. Yet God told him he was going to bring a flood on earth. And Noah believed God. Actually, Noah believed the impossible. What seems highly improbable, Noah believed. God built, uh, beat him to build, and build he did, because he believed that God is going to bring the flood on earth. When you look at Hebrews 10, 38, it says, the just, the righteous, shall live by faith. And I believe Noah was certain. He was not taking chances. He was convinced, he was convicted that God was going to do that which he has promised. Because certainty and not probability was the basis of his faith. To know that he has promised, he shall deliver, he shall fulfill. And Noah pressed on with persevering faith and he believed God when the odds were against him. The scholars, they tell us that it took 120 years for Noah to build the boat, to, to build the ark. And I'm not sure whether his boys were hel helping him. I hope they were helping him. But because, you know, it had three decks, I think it was a lot of work. But he took, he persistently, every morning, woke up, went to his, you know, post, and began working on the ark. For 120 years, the Bible says his father died when he was 545 or 55. He was 500 years old. And he outlived his dad whilst building, you know, the boat, the, 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 the life that his dad lived. He outlived that whilst building the boat. 120 years, yet no rain, no flood. Where would you be if you were Noah? You'd be so discouraged to say, but God, you promised. I don't even see the clouds. The clouds are just clear. Where is the rain, let alone the floods? 120 years of preaching and no converts. His preaching is telling people, the flood is coming. Prepare, prepare yourself. Repent and make right with God. If you don't believe me that he preached, let's look at 2 Peter 2.5. The Bible says God did not spare the ancient world, but he saved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So every morning, he was building and preaching, building and preaching, and for 120 years, no flood, no converts. As an evangelist, where would you be? Going out there for 120 years to say, oh, yes, we are done, we are this, Oza, 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 and no one pays attention for 120 years. But he steadfastly 
continued to build. He built and he, he continued to declare unto them, to say the, the kingdom, the Lord is bringing the flood. Because faith of God's people is not based on probabilities. As Tatama chants, Bazalona, we believe God. We trust God for what he says. And our faith is, rests on the word and the promises of God. We take God at his word. May we tell ourselves whatever we see. You remember when Elijah, Elijah sent, Elijah actually sent the servant to say, go and check what's happening. The first time he went, the servant, he came back, he said nothing. He said, no, go the second time. The third time, the fourth time. Because he was persistently trusting the Lord that rain was coming. And can I say unto us, let us never give up regardless how long it takes. Let's stand and continue steadfastly to believe God to say it shall happen no matter how long it takes. Sarah, old as she was, she was well able to nurse a baby. Elizabeth, old as she was, she was well able to nurse a baby. And I want people who are going to trust and believe God with me, even during this era, to say the Lord shall supernaturally provide. Yes, the rate of unemployment is so high, but we are believing God to send ravens to bring us food, to bring us supply, because the just Live by faith. And without faith, you cannot please God. The second thing that we need to do, we need to fear God. I believe, if we, especially in the house of the Lord, we're thinking because he's loving, he's kind, he's gentle, and he always bid us come and bring all your trouble, your struggles, your cares unto me. We're thinking, He's our body. God, he's great. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. So when we approach him, we need to approach him with that sense of awe to say, your majesty, your worship, you the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the ends of the earth, you are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be adored. For we understand if he wants to take your life just now, he can just, I don't think he even needs to lift a, a finger. He can do that. So you need to understand that, you know, you need to have that reverential fear, not the dread of God, but that deep respect for God because of his power, because of his holiness, because of his authority. You fear him as your Lord and King. And I know I'm talking to, South Af to Africans. Some of us, Sibuya and Darwin, where they are kingdoms. We are part of some kingdoms. And we don't just approach a king anyhow. Actually, some of us are not even allowed to approach a king within that kingdom. But those who are allowed to approach that king, when they approach that king, they approach him with that sense of awe. Even though he's a mortal king, they say, whatever. But they understand that he is king within that kingdom. Not when we live this life, may we understand we have a king who expects us to walk in obedience, obedience to his word and to his command. 
can we walk circumspectly. We do not want to disappoint him, for we understand the love that he has for us and the love that we have for him. Reverential fear is because of the love that we have for him to say, I do not want to disappoint my daddy. Some of us as children, that's how we grew up. When we grew up, because we loved our parents so much, whatever we did, we, we, we tried so much to follow their commands because we didn't want to dis disappoint them. And this is your God. And he's saying, do this and you shall live. And I believe God wants you to do that which he expects you to do. Because the fear of the Lord, the fear of God includes the fear of the consequences of disobedience or sin. You are free to choose anything. You can choose any kind of lifestyle. You can choose anyone that you want to marry. You can choose not to marry. You can choose to sleep around. But the truth is, you cannot choose the consequences. But the truth is, consequences you shall face. May we not be deceived. May we not be fooled. The enemy will tell you, no one is going to find out. Actually, we are just having fun. You eat, that's good. Everyone is doing it. We are not doing it. I am not doing it. Please. Everyone, I'm not part of that everyone. Am I perfect? No. Am I struggling? Yes. Why am I doing this? Because I fear him. Baba, Baba. And the enemy knows, he knows what you are going through. We've been struggling, because I was not well. And sometimes, you know, there would be some people who, are, who just go out of their way just to be super nice to you. Hmm? And then you'll see this handsome man. Oh, sissy, are you good? Shame, why are you working like this? And we ask, but why? You know, you're saying scatty. We live in the flesh. And the flesh goes against the will of the Lord. And the flesh will say, just entertain this. You know, and to receive attention. Please say amen. We are us now. Mina now stand attention on it. And when you get, even if that attention is wrong, you forget a bit to say, how I wish it was my husband who was saying this. And the enemy will tell you, no man, just smile, be nice. No, no, no. Then you, you tell and you, 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 I'm good. With a straight face. I smile apart. Both in putty. No, 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 I'm good. For, for what? No, 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 I, I don't share my numbers with anyone. No, thank you. And remain in the will of the Lord. Because you fear the Lord. The truth is, Barcelona, some of us, we've opened doors for our children. Some of us, our children are, are struggling. Not because, Pastor, but because of the doors that we've opened, because we couldn't say no to sin. You cannot call yourself a child of God, and yet you are content in that wicked place that you are in. 
You cannot be a sin practitioner and call yourself a child of God, the devoted citizen in the kingdom of the Lord. You cannot be a practitioner of sin daily. You do wrong. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Till when? Some of us, they are receiving. On that receiving end of all these things, at that receiving end, because we've opened doors. That is why I need those doors are going to be shut. Because we understand it's not about us. When Noah was building that boat, when Noah was building that ark, it was not about him only. The Bible says, then the Lord says, build an ark so that you, your sons, your sons' wives, and your wife can go into that ark. The very same obedience is going to pay dividends for Abantuanabako. Your household is going to benefit. Your household is going to be strong. Your household is going to be safe just because you said no to sin and yes to the Lord. May the church of Jesus this morning understand that this, this is serious. When we say no, we understand. And we want them not to struggle in this walk of faith. So we do this because we fear the Lord. He was moved with fear. The Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. He prepared an act to the saving of his household. We see from this verse that faith in God was Noah's principle, but fear in God was his moving force, his, that moving power. You know, sometimes, you know, I do not want to do this, but because I understand the one who wants me to do some of us, we get so excited when they say the president wants you to do this. You say, yeah, at your service, say, what about your God? Who is the creator of all? When he says, Does, do this, you're supposed to say, at your service, oh God. Because you understand who God is. As much as he's gracious, as much as he wants you to come into his presence and worship him, may we understand, may we not be familiar with our God. May we reinstate the fear of the Lord in our hearts and in the house of the Lord. Because God is always aware of our actions and, and motives. Every time you want to, you are tempted to do something wrong. May you remember that eye of the Lord that is seeing you. It's watching you wherever you are. There is nothing that can be hidden from him. So understand that the Lord is watching you. And the last one, be willing to pay the price. Obedience is not easy. Like I'm saying, to say no to some of the things that your body knows, you know, it will enjoy. It's not easy. But you just have to say no. It doesn't come easy. It requires a sacrificial, you know, life. Sacrificial living. Because it often goes against your will and your flesh. And it doesn't make sense. That is why some people, they even sing, how can something so good be so wrong? Something that feels so good be so wrong. But God has said in his word. <laughs> My goodness. If God says no, it's a no. And God is not a killjoy. You know, we need to know that God has our best interest at heart. When you say to your child, don't use that baby. It's not because you hate them. It's because you want to protect them. And the Lord wants to protect you. 
So let's abide by the regulations of the Lord. So you need to make sure that you just follow what the Lord says you have to do. Be willing to pay a price. Move past your will. Move past the lies of the enemy. Be willing to pay a hefty price for your God and your king. Building that huge vessel must have cost Noah a great deal of time, a great deal of money, and a great deal of labor. But Noah obeyed at all costs. He obeyed all the same. He decided, I will do this. Though he's never seen rain in his lifetime, though he was not as young as some people were during his lifetime, but he decided to put his eggs in one basket. Those of us who are into investment, they will tell you, I am fighting everything one portfolio. Just spread it so that at least, you know, you are well able to, to, to not risk losing everything. Noah said, I'm going to trust God and believe God and spend everything that I have on this ark and believe that the flood is coming. And that he did. He bought, you know, he started, you know, uh, planting vegetables. I'm thinking, I'm not sure whether there was a, a marketplace where you could buy so much food for all the animals and his household while they were going to be in the ark. But I believe he started, you know, farming and tilling the, the ground so that they can have enough food because he trusted God. And can you imagine every morning going there and people are saying, hey, old man, where are you going? Hey, timer, timer, where are you going? To that ark again, when is the rain coming? mokari. And the scorn daily. Because the Bible says, Christ Jesus is going to come back when it was just like the days of Noah. When everyone was doing business as usual. People were getting married. People were giving birth to babies. Baby shower, wedding showers. Life was normal. And then the king of kings shall come. And then some of us were going to be caught up with him in heaven. If as Ambanga before Abuya. That is why I'm saying, do not relax wherever you are. May you understand that the Lord wants you to do. Just tell yourself, I'm going to do this because the Lord expects me to do this. Sometimes you feel, I don't even want to go to this Christmas celebration or whatever or whatever. Because oh my goodness stop it stop it stop it i'm doing the will of the lord here and i know the reward is coming the reward is coming children of the lord the reward is coming in the name of Jesus. And I want to take you through some of the people who decided to pay a hefty price as they were working in obedience to the Lord. Abraham, he was willing to kill his son, to offer him the son of promise. In his old age, he was willing to offer him to God because he wanted to obey the Lord. The Hebrews midwives, they were willing to risk their lives to obey God than to obey Pharaoh's decree. Moses, he went back to that place where he murdered someone to free God's people because he, he was sent by God. He knew that he might be at risk to say, 
We remember you. We're taking you back to prison. But he decided to go there. Mary risked losing Joseph and her engagement just to say yes to the will of the Lord. What are you willing to lose as you obey the Lord? What are you willing to sacrifice? Peter and the other apostles, they said, no, we are going to obey God than you. We are going to stand and do the will of the Lord. And Jesus said to his disciples, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He was saying, I take pleasure. I find satisfaction in doing the will of the Lord. And some of us, I believe, this is what we need to pray for. Father, may we be excited for doing your will. Find that excitement and be fulfilled for doing that, your will, even if it's not easy. Ultimately, he died as he finished the work of the Lord. And being found in human form, Philippians 2.8 says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christ's obedience led to our salvation. We are grateful this morning that he said yes to death, and today we are saved, and he is a great model for us to emulate. Obedience to God is costly, but it benefits us and others. Hebrews 11 says, 7 says, Noah, Noah's ark led to the saving of his household. So the, the end of Noah's persevering obedience was saving his family. And I believe the Lord has not given up on you. Some of us, we've been doing whatever we wanted to do. We've been doing as we pleased. But the Lord is saying, today is the day. I'm waiting for you to come back home and begin to do and walk according to my precepts and walk according to my, my commands. Can you stand? We are la le la so no ma
you've said in thy word that what will it profit us if we gain the whole world and yet lose our soul my god that is why this morning we offer our bodies we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you which is our reasonable service oh god and we pray and we stand like paul and say for us to live is christ May you help us, may you be gracious unto us, my God, that we shouldn't strive, we shouldn't struggle in doing your will, oh God. I uphold your church this morning. You know there are those who've been running so well, but this morning they are so tired, they feel like quitting greeting our God obeying you but I pray in the name of Jesus may you renew their strength my father I pray my God this morning for your anointing the yoke destroying bed and removing anointing to fall afresh on them oh God as they wait on you I pray as they continue to serve you I pray as they continue to walk in obedience I pray may you renew their strength may you reward them my father thy word declares we need not grow weary in doing what is good for in due season we shall reap a harvest if we do not give up I therefore pray for them and I intercede for them in the name of the Lord the name of Jesus can you please stretch your hands towards me oh God as they leave this place I believe they are charged some of us we have forgotten to obey you. We are going back to the place from whence we have fallen, oh God. We shall begin once more to do your will. And we know, my Father, even the things, the consequences that we are faced with currently because of yesterday's sins. My God, you are forgiving us. And Father, those doors are being shut. In the name of Jesus, I declare, none of us in this place is cursed. All the curses are broken in the name of Jesus. Because of the finished work of Calvary, I declare the blood of Jesus, the blood that speaketh better things to be upon us, O oh God. And wherever we go, the blood of Jesus shall speak on our behalf in the name of the Lord. I declare and I decree that there is no weapon, there is no weapon that is fashioned against us that shall prosper. Wherever we go, my Father, your blessings shall overtake us. Wherever we go, my Father, your blessings shall follow us. We thank you, my Father, for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, my Jesus, for that which you continue to do, even in our households, as we leave this place. We declare in the name of Jesus that you are with your people, that you are greater in them, O God, as you have said in thy word. In Jesus' precious name, may they go in their strength, and may they go in their power. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I believe some of us, we cannot come into the house of the Lord and not respond to what the Lord is saying. Some of us, the Lord has nudged us. His spirit has nudged us in ways that he's never done before. And we know there are areas that we need to stand before the Lord and repent. The Bible says repent so that times of refreshing may come upon you. And I believe some of us, we just need to repent before even the elders to say, please pray with me. 
I've got this struggle. And I believe as we begin to proclaim and pray for you, some of those things are going to be broken. Some of the addictions are going to be broken. We are here for you. We've been praying for you during the week, and we are ready to pray and believe God for the breakthrough that you need. So what's going to happen right now, the ushers are going to open the doors, allow us to go and, 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 and usher us. But those of us who know that I cannot not go home without, you know, confessing this sin, without getting a pastor or an elder to pray for me, please make sure you come. We want to pray for you. And those of us who want to give their lives to Jesus once more, we are here for you. You cannot come to church and just be a visitor. You need to commit to Christ Jesus, who is our real Lord and your King. Amen. So can we sing? Ushers, let's allow them to go out. And then some of you, you'll sit down, and then the ushers will just usher you nicely. Amen. Be. 